Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss. Hey, guys. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're very excited to have a what we think is an exciting show for you today. Um, we have two guests on today, both of them from the Institute of Supply Management, and they're going to give us the look at the economy from two perspectives, manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Um, Lou, you have some updates from our last show? Uh, I do, uh, and good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Uh, last, uh, The last show we had uh, was uh, Harry Moser who is the executive director of uh, Reshoring uh, Initiative. Uh, Harry uh, talked about uh, the emergence of uh, reshoring, jobs coming back to America. Uh, and it seems as though that that's the new buzzword, and uh, it seems as though that there's a lot of business coming back to the United States uh, after uh, American manufacturers find that uh, the foreign markets uh, not, are not necessarily cracked up to all, all that they should be in terms of uh, quality, pricing, deliveries, and so on. And uh, Harry presented some uh, very interesting points uh, during that interview. I highly recommend that uh, you listen to that uh, show. It's uh, archived on uh, mfgtalkradio.com. And the other gentleman we had uh, from not one of the bigger states in the United States, but um, Ray Bacon, Executive Director of the Nevada Manufacturing Association. And uh, he gave us some uh, very interesting insights into what happened in Nevada uh, as a result of the uh, Great Recession, uh, where they Nevada was the number one uh, growth state in the United States, and they slipped to uh, number 50 or 51, I don't recall, uh, and they are now working their way back, uh, not particularly strongly. Uh, they are now number 37, and he went into a lot of information about what's happening in Nevada, which is not too unlike what's happening through a good part of the Southwest. So, again, you may want to uh, go to archive on um, MFG Talk Radio, and uh, listen to these two gentlemen. It was very enlightening, and it may give some insights into what may be happening in your particular state. Uh, Tim? Thanks, Lou. Let me introduce our two guests now. Uh, first, you have heard from Mr. Brad Holcomb before on our show, who's talked about the Institute of Supply Management's Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, the, the Purchasing Manager's Index number that comes out each month, and he is also shared with us the uh, semi-annual updates. Brad, how are you today? I'm just terrific, thank you. Uh, again, speaking from Dallas, Texas. And we also have today as our our kind of new special guest here, Mr. Tony Nieves. Tony is the chair of the Institute of Supply Management Non-Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. Tony, how are you today? Great, thank you. appreciate being on the show. Well, we sure appreciate having you. And before we start to get into the two reports, since none of us are immune to human and technology oopses, 
uh, ISM had one yesterday, and I'd like to give Brad an opportunity to kind of respond to why the report uh, didn't hit the airwaves uh, right as they would have liked to. Uh, Brad, go ahead, please. Uh, yes, um, we did experience a system error yesterday in which the software incorrectly applied last month's seasonal factors to this month's data, uh, resulting in uh, some incorrect uh, headline numbers. The team is working diligently to identify the root cause and correct the problem, um, and that work uh, is uh, clearly underway right now. Uh, we were able to provide the updated, corrected, high-level indexes by mid-morning to the press, uh, and that was notably reported uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, also, the final corrected uh, report has just been posted on the ISM website uh, so everyone can, uh, can appreciate uh, the full uh, new corrected report. That's great. Uh, Lou, you had a question for Brad on this topic as well, did you not? Uh, yeah, I actually had quite a few, but I'll, I'll take it a little easy on them. Uh, Brad, uh, you must have had a wild day yesterday, uh, to say the least. Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a busy, active day, indeed. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, getting to your report, there are some questions that I had that I'd, I'd like some uh, clarity on, and unfortunately the listenership probably hasn't had a time to see your report because it just recently got posted. But there's some interesting things that uh, I'd like to uh, point out um, regarding uh, production and employment. Um, the production uh, numbers went up uh, 5.3 percent. Went up 5.3 percent, and uh, unemployment, however, went down 1.9 percent. Uh, it seems seems to be logically not a uh, correct way that the numbers should be going. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, it's. Uh, there, there are a number of um, of these indexes which are which are tied together. And let me try to make some sense of of these. And let me start with uh, let me start actually with new orders um, because as we've talked many times, new orders really drives the system. It's a reflection of the economy, consumer confidence, and so on that moves its way you know right back to manufacturing in in due time. So it went up nearly two percentage points. Uh, 1.8 is the exact number, but let's say it's approximately 2% uh, increase to 56.9, uh, which is a you know, solid number for, for new orders. Now let me skip down to the backlog of orders. Uh, the backlog of orders went down 3%. So production was not only working on the new orders, uh, but they were working off the backlog. And if you add the 2% uh, new orders and the 3% backlog, you get you know 5%, which is almost spot on the production increase of 5.3%. Uh, 
And I'd rather the audience just think about this directionally as opposed to a math computation, which it is not. But uh, my point is that production was high in order to address new orders as well as uh, working off some of the backlog of orders. So it really would not necessarily affect uh, unemployment numbers because you're working uh, with two sets. You're, you're reducing one and increasing the other, so you kind of stay uh, yeah. stable in the unemployment numbers. Yeah. Is that my and, understanding? And, and, well, yes, and, and there is, um, you know, an, an indirect uh, correlation between uh, you know, employment and, and production, if you will, one get a, gets ahead of the other from time to time, and you can't really tie these things together directly on a on a month to month basis or a specific month basis. And and we not only, as we talked again many times, not only look at the data points for the month, uh, but the trends uh, in each of these because both are important. And the trend for employment is growing uh, for the 11th consecutive month. Uh, so um, that's uh, that's certainly a, a positive thing to, to take away. It certainly is. And yeah. let, me, let me talk with uh, uh, Tony for just a minute here. Tony, your, your report, as we viewed it, and that's why we're excited to have you on the show, is not truly... Uh, something you can separate from manufacturing, although you, you treat them as two very separate reports, measuring two very separate segments. Can you give us kind of an overview of how the reports are unique and how they're interlaced? Well, I think the um, most important thing is that we're looking at non-manufacturing, and it does represent a very large uh, contribution to uh, GDP, um, over 80%. And there is an interdependency between the two sectors because many of the um, manufacturing companies are supplier providers to non-manufacturing companies and vice versa. It's so there is this interrelationship that exists and it could be from you know the raw materials that are transposed into products that are purchased by non-manufacturing companies or the services and consulting that non-manufacturing companies provide to uh, manufacturing companies. So that uh, does make for this intertwined uh, dependency, uh, even though we do look at all the uh, indexes and the rates of change um, independent from one another. Okay, great. Now that um, discussion that Lou was just having with Brad, do you see similar numbers in your report? Because I know what we've been talking about on Manufacturing Talk Radio is the manufacturing report on business. I think the non-manufacturing uh, has some importance here, too. Do you see the, those same kind of interactions in your report? Uh, yes, we do. And, um, you know, I think one of the, the key things that Brad was mentioning was how we look at uh, trends and not just one month over month. And uh, more importantly, I think, is the fact that we're still seeing growth in this month over month, and the rate may have slowed, but we have to remember that the bar keeps moving each month. So even though the rate of growth may, may be slower for that one particular month, it's still more activity or greater than what we had experienced the prior month. 
I have a question, uh, Tony, regarding the two reports, the non-manufacturing and manufacturing. Is there one that is a leading, uh, for lack of a better word, a leading indicator over the other, meaning the non-manufacturing, would that have a uh, an effect now that would affect manufacturing later, or are they on the same par? That's a great question. And historically, and, and one of the things I've said, um, you know, on the record is that uh, manufacturing tends to lead in to both the good times or the bad times, whether it's going into a recession or out of recession. If you look historically, manufacturing has led the way, and it stems from just how far upstream they are on the supply chain and activity-wise. And even though it may not be the large percentage of the economy, it still is the leading indicator. And uh, we've seen that trend, um, you know, just in from 2007 on and prior to that. So, um, you know, it just depends on uh, um, h how you look at it, but I can tell you historically uh, that's what, what I've seen. And so when I look at Brad's numbers, even though I look at them uh, being uh, mutually exclusive, it does give me a snapshot of what I might see. And if they're uh, tending to uh, have a positive trend, uh, then that, that bodes well for, for non-manufacturing. So it's you know it's all up to either of your interpretation as well, uh, Tim or Lou. Well, I have a secondary follow-up question to uh, the same topic. The non-manufacturing new orders uh, went up almost five points to fifty-eight, and yet the manufacturing new orders went up two points to just short of fifty-seven. Um, to me, it looks like the non-manufacturing is improving significantly better than non-manufacturing. So would there be a an effect downstream to manufacturing as a result of that? Or is this a result of what happened in manufacturing a month or two ago? That's, that's a great question. It all is contingent upon cycle time, and there tends to be longer cycle times in the manufacturing process than there is on the non-manufacturing. And again, you'd have to break it down into specific industry segments and uh, the respective companies that make up each of those industries, which we don't get into that much level of detail in this report. However, looking at it, and, and you, you have to be careful in putting a numeric value to each of these indexes, but at new orders uh, for the month of April at 58.2, it's not too far away from the, you know, the 56.9 on the manufacturing side as far as that rate of growth month over month. And it's still, uh, you know, the trend has been 57 months for non-manufacturing and uh, 12 months for manufacturing. But in looking at it, I feel that the new orders could be anything from, as we talked about earlier, services being provided uh, to manufacturing companies. So I think it bodes well, uh, and it crosses each of the different um, sectors. And so, again, uh, you know, not to, to be repetitive, but the cycle time for this new orders could be, you know, a month or two uh, versus a longer a longer cycle time on the manufacturing side. Uh, Brad, let I me, know. Let, let me interject and, and add to uh, to something to to be sure the audience knows that 
that Tony is speaking to the April 2014 report, the most recent non-manufacturing report, uh, and I'm speaking to the, the May report, uh, and that is because the, the next non-manufacturing report is not released until tomorrow. Uh, so there's a little bit of a time gap uh, in terms of, of that comparison as well. But, uh, again, we, we do look at trends uh, as opposed to, or in addition to, I should say, uh, the monthly numbers. And, Brad, just to go to you on that point in terms of trends, we were talking with Tony earlier before the show, and his feeling was, and I want to see if you're experiencing the same thing in manufacturing, that this recovery, although we're in recovery, has been one slow but steady climb out of a very deep hole. Is that what we're continuing to experience? You know, slow and steady, and I'd, you know, say, you know, some bumps in the road, some some fits and starts, and and certainly some, you know, consternation for all of us uh, along the way. Um, And I think the last time time we talked, um, it it sort of felt like, and that was with respect to the semi-annual report that we published not quite a month ago uh, from Vegas, uh, we felt like we were we were starting to, to feel a little bit more solid ground uh, underneath us. And I think we have to be careful about that. But uh, from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, this year uh, is, is going well in terms of uh, a continuous growth trend. And also now with uh, 55.4 as the PMI up a half a point from last month, we see month-over-month increases in the PMI for each consecutive month from January through the current month, May. Uh, And um, so we're we're seeing some good data points, and we're seeing a a good trend, uh, sort of a trend on top of a trend, if you will, uh, without getting overheated. Brad, just to throw uh, my two cents in as a manufacturer of the group, uh, and I had an opportunity to speak to uh, Tony before the show, uh, we have been, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we've been tracking um, ISM for years, and it seems as though that the metals industry, or at least my side of the metals industry, tracks almost in sync with what goes on in the manufacturing sector of, you know, your reports. That being said, um, we have been, like everyone else, we've been slowly clawing our way back up. Uh, However, the last three, four months, we've had some significant changes in uh, new orders and new business uh, based on the fact that uh, particularly some of the larger uh, manufacturers that we get orders from have been telling us that they have been getting uh, funded for projects that they have uh, had in their pipeline as much as a year ago where they're now getting uh, the funding for it and they're getting the sign-offs to actually uh, make the purchases and start the programs. And we've seen that now in the last three months. And the good news about that is that it's happening at a time when we're going into the summer months. 
which typically we see a downturn, uh, particularly in July, uh, where you know 10, 15 percent of the people are on vacation. So we're we're seeing this uptick, and uh, we're feeling a bit more optimistic than just uh, guarded. Uh, we we're feeling pretty optimistic. You know, let me let me chime in, and I think uh, you know Tony and I have very similar numbers in the area of uh, capital expenditure forecast uh, out of our semi-annual report uh, that we, as I said, announced uh, just under a month ago from Vegas. Uh, uh, on, and I think it addresses exactly what you're talking about in terms of your, your data point. Uh, on the manufacturing side, uh, CapEx is expected now to increase 10.3 percentage points from that wow. forecast, and that's uh, that's up from our original forecast for the year uh, stated in December of 8%. So uh, a nice, healthy increase, and that represents confidence on the part of the finance organizations, the CFOs in particular, to open up the first strings uh, to approve those products uh, which meet their thresholds. It's all good news. And, Tony, when talking to you before the show, you're involved in a number of different enterprises uh, in addition to what you do with the Institute of Supply Management. Why don't you share with our audience what your experience is with your operations and the economy out there? Certainly. Thank you. Um, you know, I, one of the businesses that I own is a, a healthcare business. It's a home health agency. And from the end of 2013 to now, we have seen some tremendous growth. And, uh, you know, it's all interrelated to, to, to what Brad was saying. I was kind of reading his, he was reading my mind, I was reading his mind. And uh, when looking at uh, what's going back into the economy from people reinvesting, companies reinvesting, I'm doing it in my my own businesses, I'm seeing companies do it, our respondents are speaking about that as well, and that uh, that all is uh, derived from, um, you know, increased confidence. And, um, you know, back to your question, uh, some of the other businesses I have, um, same thing, I'm starting to see more foot traffic. Um, I own a restaurant, and that uh, I've seen covers go up uh, week over week, month over month. Um, I see people out more frequently. And this was not the case uh, last year or the year before that, um, where everyone was keeping everything close to the vest and uh, the discretionary spend, even if they had it, the money, they were, uh, due to the uncertainty, they were not going out there and, and, and spending it regardless of uh, whether uh, these businesses were in an affluent area or not. It was just all about that consumer confidence and, and, and business confidence. Now, I know that your report, Tony, it has, if I read it right, 11 different uh, breakouts. I know that, if I remember Brad's correctly, there are 10. And the first five actually are used for generating the number, the purchasing manager's index number that everybody waits with bated breath on. Is that similar in your report that it's the first uh, five or six that compile together to generate the number? Well, in the non-manufacturing, there are four indexes that make up the composite index, and they're each uh, weighted equally. Um, the background on that is um, back, um, I want to say, six, seven years ago, 
we didn't have a composite index for non-manufacturing. We wanted to get enough history, enough historical information, and we sat down and modeled it uh, in going back retroactive and looking at it to uh, how the GDP trend was. And so looking at which indexes would be most representative and how would we weight those. And that was uh, business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries each weighted at 25%. And that's how we uh, come up with the composite index or the NMI as it's called in non-manufacturing. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, that's very good. And I certainly would encourage our listeners to go to www.ism.ws and if you go to the kind of the upper left-hand corner of their site, you'll see this uh, in gold ISM report on business. And when you click on those, you'll see the, the two different reports and a, a whole series of other reports that you can get into, uh, all available to the uh, to the general public and manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Great information. I know that uh, Lou's company has followed it for over 40 years. It's been spot on for the Manufacturing Report on Business, the Purchasing Manager's Index. If that's headed up, his business is headed up. If it's softening, his business is softening. So I know that he has an enormous amount of confidence in this report. Um, in terms of your latest report, Brad, uh, I know this is a build-up each month. Um, why don't you give us kind of a quick overview here, and then we're going to go to commercial break in about uh, uh, two minutes, but Take the next two minutes and give us kind of the overview of the report as it just came out. Great. Uh, let me speak to the headline number of the PMI itself, as well as the five supporting uh, indexes that go into it uh, equally weighted at 20%. Uh, first, the PMI is at 55.4, up a half a point from last month. Uh, new orders, and by the way, uh, the PMI is, it also shows that um, for the individual industry PMIs show that 17 of our 18 industries are reporting growth uh, for the month of May, and uh, one industry is the standing pat, so no industries are reporting a contraction. So 55.4 is, is a good, solid, broadly supported number. Uh, new orders at 56.9 is up 1.8 percentage points from last month. Production, we spoke to at 61, up 5.3 percentage points. Uh, employment at 52.8, a nice growth number. It is down 1.9 percentage points, but nevertheless growing just at a slower rate than last month. And then the supplier deliveries at 53.2. That's down 2.7 percentage points. Anything above 50 indicates that deliveries are, are slower than they have been, and that represents sort of tightness in the supply chain, but it's not quite as tight as it was last month, uh, which, is, which is good news. Finally, inventories of raw materials at 53 is unchanged uh, from 53 reported last month and represents a, a solid inventory position in an environment where we see and anticipate uh, a continuation of uh, solid new orders. Great. Thanks, Brad. And when we come back from commercial break, I'm going to ask 
Tony to kind of walk through uh, his numbers and his report because we have not done that before. So uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and we'll be back in, I don't know, 60 or 90 seconds or so. the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries and a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.COM. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.COM. The Institute for Supply Management is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply management professionals with over 150 affiliates around the world in more than 90 countries. ISM's mission is to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination, the sort of which we're talking about today. So, if you want to know more about any or all of these things, please check out their website at www.ism.ws. That's ism.ws. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. And let's give a shout-out to our sponsor for today's show, All Metals and Forge Group, your best source for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, copper, you name it, they can do it. If you want to learn more, simply visit their website, steelforge.com. That's visiting steelforge.com. Or send us your request for quote. And now back to Tim and Lou and their guests. We're talking today with Brad Holcomb, who is the chair of the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, and Tony Nieves, who is the chair of the Institute of Supply Management's Non-Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. Now, while your report comes out tomorrow, Tony, why don't you give us and our listeners an overview of the report that came out in April so that when they see tomorrow's report, they'll have a little better handle on it? Certainly. So when we look at April's report, it was 57 consecutive months of growth that we've been experiencing in the non-manufacturing sector. The composite index came in at 55.2, up 2.1 percentage points. We've had a trend of 51 months for the NMI for the composite. Business activity increased significantly month over month from March to April from 53.4 to 60.9, and that's 57 months on that trend. And we talked earlier about new orders, and we look at the new orders index at 58.2, also up significantly 4.8 percentage points month over month. Employment, which is a strong driver for this sector, came in at 51.3, which is 
down as far as the rate of growth is concerned, 2.3 percentage points down from the 53.6 the prior month. And we had had experienced contraction uh, two months previously. So this is the second consecutive month of growth when looking at April for employment. Supplier deliveries slowing ever so slightly just over the 50 baseline at 50.5. That's down a, a bit. And inventories up from contraction the prior month at 48 percentage points up to 55.5, which uh, goes hand in hand with why uh, deliveries were just slowing ever so slightly and not uh, at, at a much slower rate. And, uh, and I'll speak a little bit further about that. Uh, prices up 60.8. This is driven in this sector mostly uh, petroleum, petroleum-based products. It's fuel, um, a lot of overland trucking involved in the non-manufacturing sector. Backlog of orders, and this uh, keep in mind, and I'll go back to supplier deliveries, uh, backlog of orders at 49, down from the 51.5. There was no backlog. You can see the inventory build up to the 55.5. Didn't impact supplier deliveries all that much. Those three are all interrelated. So there seems to be a buildup of inventory, some burn off of inventory as well. Um, so that's uh, how that all um, evolves into the numbers that we're seeing. Exports up 57 from a month of contraction, up substantially, and imports also 55.5. Getting past the international holidays, uh, especially in Asia, uh, drove those numbers up. And inventory sentiment, which is um, an index that's uh, specific to non-manufacturing, it is based on how uh, our respondents feel about their inventories and how they match up to the levels of business. And at 65%, they feel that their inventories are too high. You know, we also ask our respondents to give us some uh, comments. And and there's one comment in particular that I think goes uh, to a question that we were addressing prior to the show today in regards to the retail trade. And one of the comments uh, that I extrapolated, which I think is very reflective of what's going on in this sector, we are experiencing a pickup in sales which has brought back a little optimism that we may have seen the floor and things could be turning up. We are making investments to take advantage of the upswing to leverage as many sales options as possible. And again, that came out of retail trade, and it's uh, reflective of what our respondents overall feel that the economy and business conditions are improving overall. Okay, great. I appreciate it. And Tony, one other thing, if you could go over the industries uh, that you survey to put this report together for our listeners, I think that would be helpful. Oh, certainly. There are 18 industries that make up uh, the non-manufacturing sector. And when you look at these industries uh, in particular, uh, and let me give you the list here as we see it. We have arts, entertainment, and recreation, wholesale trade, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting, retail trade, construction, public administration, accommodation and food services, educational services, transportation and warehousing, finance and insurance, management of companies and support services, information, real estate, rental and leasing, utilities, other services, professional scientific and technical services, Healthcare and social assistance, and last but not least, mining. Now, mining, if you could give us some 
clarification because to our neophyte minds, mining is a manufacturing event. How does it end up in non-manufacturing? Well, it, you know, you have to look at how it's determined uh, what is truly manufacturing and, and industries could partake in parts of manufacturing process or parts of the non-manufacturing process, but you have to look at generally what the output is and are they truly, uh, to me, mining is taking raw materials and, and, and selling them maybe so, somewhere else and someone else is taking these materials and transforming them and going through the manufacturing process to have an output of a finished product. You know, the same, the same could be said for some other type of industry on the non-manufacturing side, but categorically where it is and, and what is the, the true nature of what is being performed, it's mostly a service of extracting, um, you know, raw material out of the earth. Same thing on the construction side. It's, it's labor intensive and someone else is taking it and transforming it through the manufacturing process to a finished product. And in that respect, Brad, your report talking about manufacturing, for instance, these are manufacturers in some cases who are creating goods for retail sale, which then would be measured in Tony's report. Is that right, Brad? Uh, yes. We uh, address, as, as Tony uh, said well, you know, transforming raw materials into finished products. Uh, and then providing those to the next step down the re down the, uh, the supply chain, if you will. Uh, and so, again, I think the key is transforming raw materials into finished products. Okay, so that's that's the the definition you would give to the manufacturing is that conversion of raw materials into finished goods. Yes. Yes. And like Tony, uh, we follow uh, and include 18 different uh, industries as well. And, it uh, and they like all speak speak to, to you know, their labels speak to manufacturing. Uh, for example, I'll just give a couple wood products, paper products, uh, food and beverage and tobacco products. So we're talking about uh, the production of, of products, if you will. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know who really should be uh, addressing this question, and uh, I have a feeling that you're going to tell me that you're not forecasters or economists, but I'm going to take a shot at it anyway. Uh, we're hearing uh, from the metals industry side that we're in, we're hearing uh, and the cost of materials is uh, certain grades of material has been going up rather significantly. Uh, for example, the nickel alloys and uh, chrome and uh, molybdenum, which uh, goes into a lot of the super alloys and the more expensive grades of material. And we're hearing um, numbers like 18% for nickel, 42% for chrome, 3% uh, for molybdenum. And it seems as though that this trend has started uh, in January. Uh, from the information that you gather from your responders, uh, do you have any uh, insight into where this is going? Uh, let me let me try uh, to give uh, a, a partial answer here uh, and to point the audience 
to our manufacturing report uh, on page three, we always list a list of commodities that are up in price as reported by our panel, commodities down in price and commodities uh, in short supply. And aside from each one of the listed items, there might be a parenthetical with a number and that number represents the number of consecutive months that this particular item has has shown up uh, in the list. Now, for example, um, talking about you know similar commodities, we see stainless steel uh, up this month for the third consecutive month, steel up for the sixth consecutive month, uh, some specific steels, both cold rolled and hot rolled up for the second consecutive month uh, each, uh, nickel up for the third consecutive month. So very consistent uh, with what you're saying. What we don't report uh, through this report is uh, the, the actual uh, degree of, of increase, if you will. Uh, and in terms of any forecast, we would simply rely uh, on the, the last semi-annual report uh, in, released on, on May 6th, uh, in which uh, our panel does forecast uh, uh, price increases for the, for the whole year on the manufacturing side in terms of raw materials. Uh, at a modest 1.5 percentage points across the board. The uh, London Metal Exchange uh, runs almost in parallel with the uh, commodity up in price list that you just went uh, through. Uh, but if you look at their the graph, the, uh, the the charts that they show the various commodities and how they're moving, the trend and I'm not an economist or a forecaster either, but it's concerning to see the graphical change that is happening. And as, as a novice taking a look at it, it certainly seems as though that the trend is going to continue uh, for some period of time um, on an upward track. Brad? Yes, and, and in addition, uh, we take... A specific uh, verbatim comments uh, from our panel, and I sort through hundreds of them to, to present uh, nine or ten each month, and at least a couple of them that we report this month talk about uh, you know, those supply, supply and pricing issues. Uh, for example, uh, specifically in the fabricated metal products uh, segment, the comment is steel bars required for automotive applications are in high demand. Supply is very tight and prices are increasing. Um, another one from the food, beverage, and tobacco products industry. Uh, increasing demand for product is creating supply and sourcing challenges. So here's the old supply-demand uh, equation uh, presenting itself and certainly uh, it will have a you know a broad variation across the spectrum of commodities, uh, and uh, hopefully our report will help to to track uh, some of those for people interested in specific uh, commodities. Tim, uh, now Tony, I know that your report has a very similar section, not because these reports are I appear to be them. You know, my neophyte I laid out in a very similar way, 
the commodities up in price, commodities down in price, commodities in short supply. And one of the things that uh, Brad's been very helpful with to our audience is going over the report so that the reader understands the incredible depth of information that is here. Is there something that you would like to share with our listeners as we approach the end of the show here about your report in the overall? Well, I'd like to, you know, just say that we've been talking about prices here for the for the last few minutes, and there's some overlap as it relates to these pro- commodities. And one thing to keep in mind that these commodities that are coming through the manufacturing side, the total cost increase is not always passed through the supply chain onto the end user or, say, the non-manufacturing company. And, in, in, for instance, I mean, when you look at the breadth of products that are in the non-manufacturing side, there's food commodities, there's building materials, there's chemical products. Um, I mentioned fuel, petroleum-based products earlier, and then there's labor, and then right at the very end is stainless steel, as what was mentioned um, by, by, by others this morning. And so when you look at how this, you know, going back to that interdependency, interrelation I was talking about earlier, um, there is quite uh, a lot of intricacy and, and, and key components uh, through these uh, uh, different supply chains that make up, uh, you know, the overall manufacturing and non-manufacturing sector. Okay, well, that's great. And I certainly, again, would encourage our listeners to go to uh, www.ism.ws to pull down these two reports and to look at them. And as uh, Brad has always encouraged, these are uh, excellent reports. There are other reports out there. Review lots of of information as you begin to uh, build your strategy here. Um, Lou, before we wrap up the show... We have made a change in the show that you wanted to share with the listening audience. Why don't you tell them what's happening to the future of manufacturing talk radio? Uh, there's a lot of uh, new uh, plans for the company, not all that I'm willing to talk about right now. However, uh, we are now weekly, uh, every uh, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our production department is good enough to have our show as today will be uh, live. Uh, I'm sorry, not live, but will be archived by 5 p.m. today in case you tuned in late. Uh, did you get that, Paul, in the background there? <laughs> 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, there's a lot of good information on there. We This is, I believe, our 17th show. Uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback. I believe our listenership now is up to 45,000, uh, which is really quite incredible considering we are uh, only on the air for s- the last seven months. Uh, and we continue to keep moving forward. We're getting, we have a list of some very interesting people coming on over the next couple of months. Uh, we hope that, uh, Brad will continue to be one of our regulars and, uh, Tony, uh, your contribution today was uh, certainly uh, welcomed and uh, interesting how your non-manufacturing report really has a lot of manufacturing components to it. So if you are available to be on our show, it would be nice to have you as well. Tim? 
Uh, Brett, I'd like to thank you for again being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You've been a wealth of information on a regular basis, which I think has really ha- helped our listeners in manufacturing. So, again, thank you for being on today's show. Always my pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, uh, Tony, thank you for joining us. I think the interaction between uh, the two reports uh, and you two gentlemen who do an enormous amount of research and compiling with your teams to put these together has been very beneficial to our listeners. And I was always curious because Brad has always referred to manufacturing as being 11, 12% of the economy. Uh, thus, non-manufacturing would be the balance. Would that be correct, Tony? It would. doesn't mean Brad, Brad is any less important. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly, and I would agree that you know, manufacturing has led the country out of every major uh, recession and minor recession since the Great Depression, and Brad may even say before that, because you've been measuring it longer than that. So... Thank you again, gentlemen, for being on our show. And that wraps us up today for Manufacturing Talk Radio. You've been listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. The only show that takes a look at the challenges and opportunities of manufacturing here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, your best source for open die forgings and seamless rolled rings. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.